Christ is risen. We are officially in the season where every week you have to wonder, is pastor going to say it? Is he going to have us say it again today? I think the most I've experienced was like seven weeks in a row. I don't know if we're going to get there or not, but even if we don't say those words, we still very much are celebrating the fact that Jesus left the tomb empty. Truth is, you know, even when it's not Easter time, even when it's not Christmas time, we celebrate those things year-round, right? Jesus coming to the world to dwell among his people and then dying and rising again to save us from our sins and make us his own. Those holidays are pretty much what Christianity is all about. Today we're going to be kind of talking about Easter and kind of talking about Christmas, albeit indirectly. Uh, as Pastor mentioned, today we are uh, starting an unofficial three-week sermon series that is ultimately going to be leading up to, uh, on the week of May 7th, the weekend of May 7th, Pastor Greg Finke is going to be coming here and uh, preaching. Now, some of you, I'm sure, are like, Finke, Finke, the name rings a bell. Why do I know that name? Well, back in 2020, uh, during Lent, we started going through his book as a congregation. And then COVID happened, and the world kind of stopped. And so uh, we are going to be uh, doing, uh, going through his book now, Joining Jesus on His Mission is uh, the book that uh, he wrote that we're going to be going through. And we're starting it back up again because it didn't get much traction before, but now it's, we're going to give it another try. <clears throat> now, we're not going to be reading through this book as a congregation, like what we've done with other books. But over the next three weeks, us pastors are going to be preaching on some of the main themes in the book. And then, uh, like I mentioned, on May 7th, Pastor Finke will be coming here to preach. And he's going to really be talking to us about becoming everyday missionaries in our communities. And so over the next weeks and months to come, we'll talk about more of what that means, being an everyday missionary. Now, if, by the way, you do want to read the book, uh, it's a very short and easy read. Like, and I understand that if you were here during this time, you probably got a book, so maybe find it on your uh, bookshelf. It looks like this, and dust it off and, and give it a go. In fact, even if you don't want to read it, which it's like less than 200 pages, it really is an easy read, there's actually a section at the end of every chapter that says, here's the point. I mean, where were these books when we were in school, guys? <laughs> Like, that could have saved us so much time to just say, hey, if you don't want to read the whole thing, here's the point. As we go through this journey, we're going to come face to face with the fact that Jesus wants me to join him on his mission. Not just me, Pastor Josh, but each of us. And so as we begin, I do want to briefly talk about uh, Finky's organization. I'm not getting paid to promote them or anything like that. But the name of the organization really gives way to what the ministry and mission is all about. The name of his uh, organization is called Dwelling 114. And this comes from the last verse of our gospel reading, John 1.14. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Or, as the message translates it, uh, the Word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. Now this is a reading that we focus on a lot during Christmas, right? The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. 
Jesus taking on flesh to dwell with his creation. And, and, that, the, fact that, or, and the fact that Jesus came to be with his people, to, to rub elbows with his creation, that's really important, right? Even though it's not Christmas time, we're still celebrating that fact too. And I love how the message translates it. Jesus moved in to the neighborhood. He left the glories of heaven, took on flesh, and came to dwell with us. Not only is this essential to our salvation, but it's also kind of a, a model for us, how we relate to others. That is to say, not from a distance, but through relationships with those in our lives. And this is vital when we think about the topic of this book, of this series, and ultimately where we want each of us here at St. Paul to be. The understanding that we are all missionaries. Now, this is the part where you give me a confused look, maybe a furrowed brow, so go ahead, get that out of the way if you need to. You're probably thinking, oh, you must be confused, Pastor. When I introduced myself, I said, I'm a nurse, or I'm an accountant, or, or fill in the blank. I'm not a missionary. Like, that's not my job. But the reality is, we're all missionaries. Now, the follow-up thought is, well, don't you have to go to a different country to be a missionary? The answer is no. The truth is that America is becoming, or maybe already even has become, as much of a mission field as the nations we typically think about going and doing mission work to. And that's ultimately where I want to bring this message, the focus of this message to. Early on in the book, Finke uses uh, this illustration. So this is uh, a picture. If we can get the next slide, thank you. Uh, this picture is of the Choluteca Bridge in Honduras. And as you see, it has no water around it. You might be thinking, well, that seems kind of silly to build a bridge with no water under it. That's kind of the point of a bridge, right? Well, in 1998, Hurricane Mitch hit Honduras pretty hard. There were reports of uh, just in a few uh, days of there being up to six feet of water at some areas. And Honduras, it's, it's very mountainous, and so with all this water that flooded into the Choluteca River Valley, it literally moved the river. Here's a picture before and after of the hurricane. This bridge that stood for almost 50 years was made completely obsolete in a matter of about 72 hours. This bridge was a good and functioning bridge. But when the storm came, it became useless as the river literally moved. Again, there was no problem with the bridge, but the river moved. The truth is that the river has moved when it comes to American Christianity. There's no inherent problem with the church. I mean, it's, it's Christ's church. He's going to take care of it and provide for it. But the landscape of Christianity has changed. Look, I'm not even 30 years old yet. That, that's coming next month for me. But even I know that the church isn't what it used to be. And I'm sure for those who are older than me, you can probably look at generation after generation of the church just isn't what it once was. 
In a study done by Forbes in 2011, 75% of Americans identified as Christians. In just 10 years, the number was down to 63%. So in 10 years, 12% less uh, Americans identifying as Christians. During that same time frame, people who had no religious affiliation grew from 18 to 29%. Uh, there are a number of statistics in Finke's book, but one that really stood out to me is out of churchgoers, and I do use air quotes because he did, on an average Sunday, out of self-identifying Christians, only 18 to 22% are here in church. Out of people who claim to be Christians, 18 to 22% of them are in church on a given Sunday. And this book came out in 2014, almost 10 years ago. Look, we could go through plenty of other truthfully saddening and heartbreaking statistics, but it all points to the fact that the river has moved. Now, don't get me wrong. People are still coming to church. People who didn't know Jesus before are still coming to faith. And encouragingly, we've actually seen an increase in attendance post-pandemic. Still nothing what it was like before. And so, you know, we don't have to worry about, oh man, are we going to have to close St. Paul? You know, that's not something we have to worry about. So, should we just be content to be comfortable in our own little bubble? Comfortable with the fact that, well, there are enough people here to keep the doors open and keep the lights on? By no means. Jesus gave us a mission to make disciples. And people, by and large, aren't coming to church anymore we need to bring church to them. Right? The, the river has moved. And we grieve that fact. But we don't just sit around hoping that the river will move back. We need to do something about it. We need to get to work. And this is where the idea of being an everyday missionary comes into play. You know, when, when we think about being a missionary, the thought process can no longer be, oh, I'm going to go to a different country to be a missionary there. It's okay to do that too, but many other countries are, are actually thriving in Christianity, whereas America is dwindling. The mission field is right here, in our own backyard. The river has moved. And that's not to say that the gospel is failing. It's not. Jesus is still Lord of the church. It's just less and less people want anything to do with the church. So we literally need to bridge the gap to those people. They don't want to step foot inside the church? Fine. We'll bring the church to them. Not the building, but the people. The message the message that Christ is risen. That's not just a cute little saying that we recite at uh, Easter time or at funerals. It is the reason we gather. It is the reason we celebrate. It is the reason we dedicate our lives to the one who has overcome death and who promises us life and hope. That's a pretty important thing that we cling to, right? So important, dare I say, 
then it might be worth trying to get that message to absolutely everybody that we can. And look, I 100% understand how talking about our faith, that can give us anxiety, right? But what if talking about our faith, it wasn't an uncomfortable, awkward situation where you felt like you had to sell somebody something, right? You know, oftentimes uh, you, you have a conversation about faith and it's like, oh, I got to convince them that Jesus is Lord. I got I to sell, sell them the goods. What if at a simplified base level, it was just a little bit, uh, it was just being a little bit more intentional, right? What if it started by getting to know people better, by cultivating relationships deeper? What if it started by just having friendships? Now, I'm not saying that having friendships is being a missionary, but they're closer related than you might think. Because here's the thing, it's a growing trend that people outright don't care about the authority of God's word. The church doesn't mean the same thing that it used to mean. You know, society used to have a much higher view of God's word and of church and of pastors and of Christians in general than they do now. You know, now, someone may not even want to talk to you if they feel like you're going to try to force your religion upon them. And so just being a friend, showing somebody that you actually care, not just trying to get to the end goal of telling them about Jesus, but genuinely caring for them, God may provide you with opportunities to then share what it is that you believe. That old saying, and I'm sure you've heard it, is true. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. That applies here. And so when we think about how the river has moved in American Christianity, we have to realize a few things, right? One, the general view of Christianity and the church, it isn't what it used to be in America. Two, the mission field is not some far away thing, but it is right here and right now. Three, we are involved with this mission. We are, we are literally joining Jesus on his mission, his mission to spread the gospel, to, to bring the kingdom of God. And four, Jesus is still Lord of the church. Even though things aren't what they used to be, even though there are churches closing their doors and, and attendance is down from what it used to be, Jesus is still Lord. He is still in control. And we don't have to worry about what's going to happen. And so as we think about, uh, as we go about our lives, we look for opportunities to, to genuinely love and care for others. I think we've all experienced where you can see through the intentions of someone. It's like, okay, what's your end goal? We just, it starts with genuinely caring about people, living lives with people. And then when God presents those opportunities, sharing the reason for our hope. If you recall, this goes right in line with the fourth of our four G's. Gather, grow, give, and go. Right? You are a missionary in your daily life. You don't need to have some kind of script memorized. Like, okay, if they say this, then say this. Oh, they said this, then, then go this way. You don't need to have that. 
But rather, as Peter says in 1 Peter 3, always be ready. Always be ready to make a defense for the reason for your hope. As you are a friend, as you truly and genuinely care for others, God's going to provide you with opportunities to share the hope that you have. And when you do, the pressure isn't on you. It's not on you to convert somebody. It's all on God. Remember, you're joining Jesus on his mission. And so may God bring you to opportunities to care for others, to, to deepen relationships and, and to cultivate new ones. Then may he give you the words to say when you are in those opportunities. Amen. Lord Jesus, we thank you for uh, this mission that you've given us. Lord, thank you that the pressure isn't on us. Uh, Lord, we ask that you would help us to, to find ways to be able to genuinely care for those in our lives, not for the end goal of, of converting them, Lord, but just for caring's sake, for the fact that you cared for each and every one of us, knowing that we wouldn't all come to you. Lord, help us to, to love unconditionally and give us opportunities to share the reason for the hope that we have embolden us to do this, Lord.